0: I want to thank you for gathering our hearts here today. Lord, as you prepare us for what it is you you want to speak to our hearts. And Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for ministering to those around us in Jesus' name, but more so that we would then uh, take up the call that's laid on us to minister to those also around us in Jesus' name and carry your image, carry your love, your grace, your mercy in Jesus' holy name I pray. God, you're good and we love you. And all God's people said, Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, we're going to dig in just for a few moments some scripture that may be familiar to some of you, some phrases that you've heard before or we will have in context, but I just want to dig in just for a moment. Uh, the Apostle John, he was the last of the original 12, uh, was still alive. He was a prisoner on the island of Patmos, which is still out there. And uh, he was a prisoner there, and he had a revelation, which was declared to him by Jesus. And this revelation, while filled with lots of interesting imagery, lots of uh, end times, uh, return of Christ, uh, the new heavens, the new earth, it starts off speaking to seven churches in the area, and these seven churches really were specific churches that were were given a word, but it was also reflective to churches today across time and today speaking to our hearts, and one of the ones that has interested me uh, so much is to the church in Ephesus. It's chapter 2 uh, starting in verse 1, and it, it just moves through um, verse 7. We're just going to look at through verse 6, though, but uh, I just want us to look just for a moment at some of the things spoken to us that I think are very pertinent to us today. This is, again, uh, as I was reading this week, this is kind of where the Lord was really kind of dealing with, with me, and you guys just get it hot off the press from what the Lord's saying to me. So, to the church in Ephesus, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, and this is verse 1 of chapter 2, these are the words of him who... Who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands? I know your deeds. Can you look at your neighbor real quick? And we can even sit here and talk about him for a little bit. The things we do. I know your deeds. Your hard work. Your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. It's just really wickedness, sin. The church in Ephesus did not rationalize sin. They did not tolerate sin. They didn't. They did not let it come in and uh, compromise where they stood. There was no trying to rationalize your way around or finding a loophole somehow like we do with insurance claims and whatnot. They did not tolerate sin you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not in other words they are discerning they were very discerning if people came in and began to teach and preach and it was not lining up with the truth of the word the truth that had been declared to them through the apostles and 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 whatnot they did not put up with it they shut that down because they wanted to stand firm on the truth of the word they found them false. Verse 3, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name. Now, let me just real quick. We don't have really, uh, we, we don't know how to comprehend the hardships the church, church of Ephesus or any of these churches experienced, because, again, we live in a nation where the most we get is slandered by maybe neighbor, slandered by media. That's about it. Right? Right? And really, that's, all about the, that's about all they need to do in America because we crumble under slander, don't we? How many know we crumble real fast? We crumble under slander real quick. The church in Ephesus was basically uh, faced daily with the threat of death. They were persecuted, true persecution. I'm not saying slander is not persecution, but I'm talking about daily. It was heavy. It was a choice to serve the Lord. Like we see we see folks who are, are coming to know the Lord in, in, in Muslim nations. They are facing daily suffering and persecution as a result. You have persecut- persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. How many just reading those first three verses would say, sounds like Church of Ephesus has it going on? Oh, come on. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Good resume for a church, doesn't it? Good resume for a local congregation. Sounds like they are being the church they've been called to be. They are persevering. They're standing in truth. They're not tolerating sin. They are not tolerating false doctrine or false teaching. They are enduring hardship like good soldiers. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd love to say it for us. But here's what's interesting. While those are all qualities and characteristics that every local congregation needs to live, the church in the U.S., the church in the world needs to live. I want you all to understand one thing. It's not the priority. It's not the priority. Well, wait a minute. Standing on truth is not the priority? It's not number one, no. Whoa, what, 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 what? You mean discerning who the lying teachers are and then false prophets and false teachers are? It's not number one. Hey, it's important, but it's not what? You mean, you mean enduring hardship for the name of Jesus and persecution? That, that, that's not number one? No, it's not number one. Who's with me right now? It's not number one. Because I'm going to tell you what. How many remember a little verse in Matthew, the book of Matthew? I believe it's 24 or 25 where Jesus is very clear says, there are going to be those who come up to me and say, Lord, Lord, don't you know what I did in your name? And he's going to say, away from me. Do you not know what we did for, in your name? We cast out demons. We healed people. We did all these things in your... And he's going to say, away from me for I never knew you. How many of that are familiar with that verse, does that sometimes trouble you a little bit? Yikes. Come on. How many of you know that verse? Does that trouble them a little bit? Yeah. Come on, Lord. We're doing everything for your name's sake. Verse 4. Yet I hold this against you. Now, how many have red letter edition? Okay. Is it Red. Okay, just making sure, then who's saying it? Okay. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken... Now, I'm going to just give you another word that's basically the same word translated, forgotten. Here's the third word, left. So, forsaken, forgotten, left. You have left... You have forgotten, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Now, hold up. How many would say that this church has got a good resume? Come on. As a local congregation. Right, 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 right. Is this too heavy for you guys today on September 1st, Labor Day weekend? How many know that this is a good resume? Yeah. So, what's the problem, Jesus? What's the problem? You've left the love you had at first. I'll never forget the first time I got a letter from my, a a note from my wife. She wasn't my wife at the time. In fact, at that moment, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. She had gone away to New York, and if anybody's interested in hearing one, one of the most hilarious stories you ever heard, it was me learning to date Tracy Mantegna. She's not in here, so I can say this. No, I wouldn't. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's just because, how many know my wife? <laughs> if this ain't what the Lord's doing, you might as well just back off, Jack. So, she left to go away for a week or two. With about, this was all I got a wave goodbye. And uh, about five days into the absence, you know, I'm just kind of like, What's wrong with me? (laughs) And I just know she's up there having the time of her life, hadn't even given me a thought at all. What's wrong with me? Well, she sends this, she writes this letter, and I get this letter in the mail. And it's just, she's talking about her week and everything. At the bottom, guys, I miss you and I love you. Tracy. At that moment, I had a cat. (laughs) And the cat just sat and watched me as I floated throughout the room. who can connect? Come on. Floated. I was levitating, guys, and it wasn't occultic or satanic either. I was levitating in the love of a woman who loved me, and I couldn't believe it. Now, I'll never forget that. I thought, and so at that point, I mean, I was just bursting at the seams, you know, and just absolutely head over heels in love with this woman. She, on the other hand, I'm sure, has a whole different take on it. But I was in love with this woman. Whenever I had opportunity, open the car door for her, right? Help her in. You can imagine what that was like with Tracy. Hold the door for her, you know, just make sure she's taken care of. I want her okay. I want all all that stuff. Tracy get married. Then something happened over the years. I remember when she, you know, she wasn't feeling well. She doesn't like to be messed with if she's not feeling well. And of course, I'm the wrong one to do that with. I say, are you okay about every 32 seconds, you know? So I'm the wrong one to do that with, but, you know, at first it's like, how can I take care of you? I'll go get whatever would make you feel better. Let me go do it, and I'll take care of you, blah, 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 And then a little bit later, down, a couple years down the road, it's, are you all right? Let me get you a pill or something, you know, can I help you out in some way? A couple years later, down the road, um, all right, T, so as soon as you get all your stuff done, why don't you go lay down? I'll watch the kids help put them in bed another year down the road. When you cough, will you cover your mouth so it doesn't get on us? Come on now. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, here's tissue. If you're going to sneeze, go to the other room, please. Right? Right? Now, somewhere along the line, we say, oh, come on. That's that honeymoon love. And that's that, you know, you, you get to know each other and it transitions. Yeah, 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 yeah. But let's be honest. I think what happens is we use the word leak. Believers leak. Lovebirds leak, right? They leak because it's just kind of that, that eventually starts to fade out. I don't think that is they leak. I think they turn the self faucet back on. They turn the me, me, me faucet back on. Okay? So self gets in there again. And so guess what? By the end of it, if I'm not careful, I'm more concerned about me again than I am. And this is the love of my life. What in the world? Has anybody been guilty of this before? Okay. George is my man. He's the only one fessing up today. Bless you, brother. You and I will do lunch this week. But, guys, here's what, what, what's happening. We have a church who fell deeply in love with Jesus. I don't even know if we have a lot of churches in America with people in the pews that have ever even fallen in love with Jesus. Well, we have this church in Ephesus where had they deviated in any way from the, the, the city god, if you will, the nation's god that you were supposed to serve... Had they deviated, they were going to die, and these people fell head over heels in love with Jesus because He was in love with them first. See, follow me just for a second. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because He what? First loved us. See, that sudden light bulb, that realization, the Holy Spirit opened their hearts to the fact that, oh my word, the God of the universe loves me. The God of the universe loves me in spite of what I've done. He loves me. How many times, and let's be honest, have you felt unworthy of the fact that God loves you in spite of what you've been? You better believe that the Lord wants you to endure hardship. You better believe the Lord wants you to not tolerate sin and allow the compromise to move in. You better believe the Lord does not want to allow false teaching in the midst of His people. You better believe that He wants you to work as working unto the Lord. He wants you to represent Him. You better believe those things, but do you know what He wants more than anything? Is for you to love Him and to love those around. Now, here's what kind of shook me a little bit. I'm sure all of you, how many of you have ever heard all the different Hebrew words for love? And there's eros, or not, Greek words, I'm sorry. Eros, phileo, and then there's the big one we hear a lot, biblical, it's agape love, which is a agape. agape love is essentially the absence of what? Self. All the others include self somehow. Agape love does not include self in the equation. Agape love is all about desiring the best for the other. Just like I desired the best for my wife right before and when we first got married. But somewhere along the line, I let that self-faucet back on to where I'm focused on me again. And see, this is what happened to the church in Ephesus. They were a strong church, possibly the strongest church. One of the strongest churches in terms of works, standing firm in the truth. They didn't budge at all. But Jesus said, but this one thing I hold against you. And then he goes on to say, look how far you you have fallen. Catch what I'm saying. It wasn't just this, oh... You guys, if you just get back over here a little bit, you'll be all right. You know? No. Look how far you've fallen. Well, I'm asking you guys, husbands, wives, how far have you fallen from that first moment of love with your spouse? I'm talking about where it was all about who? The other. And Jesus said, "You know what? Here's the thing. Consider how far you've fallen." He said, "Repent." And do the things you did at first. Well, what do I do at first? See, right away we think, what, do I have to run more outreach events? Do I have to teach Sunday school class? Do I have to be in the Bible 100 hours a day? See, right away that goes into the fact that he said, no, I want you to love me. 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 Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, White Hill Church of the Brethren, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. What is that lampstand? Well, what does a lamp give off? We are the what of the world if we are not operating in a love relationship with the Father, therefore loving, He is going to remove our lampstand. He's going to remove our witness. Our witness will be powerless. Our witness will be weak. And we will look like most of the churches we see that fall prey to what the world says about Him. I don't want to be known as a church that stands firm in the face of all hardship and trial and suffering because I've just, i bit the bullet and I'm not budging. No, I want to be known as a body of believers. I, don't, I want to be known as a believer that's going to love regardless what's thrown at me. I said it last week. I said, you know, the issue with people is this. People are irritating, aren't they? Come on, are people irritating? Yes, they can be. What does love do? Love says, you know what? I'm equally irritating. And quite honestly, I would rather see the best for them than to make it all about me. I want to see them know the Lord in a way and experience what He's got for them. So I want to operate in that right now. I want to operate in the fact that Danny and I might not see eye to eye, but you know what? How many know that we far too often try to prove a point rather than love first? How many have quoted the gospel, quoted the Bible to somebody to prove a point rather than just flat out loving them and then letting the gospel be seen? Who's hearing me? Who's hearing me? Come on. Let the gospel be seen by the love you're living. Right? Father who loves you in spite of you. There are times as pastor over the years I've gone, oh, I just can't do it right. and Everybody just leaves and blah, 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 blah. And I think, Jesus, the epitome of love. How many people bailed on him? Told him he was a demon-possessed crazy man. Even his family thought he was nuts. But then they used him. Jesus is nuts. They didn't say it that way, but that's what they were inferring. But then they're like, oh, Jesus, go perform this miracle over here. Call Jesus in to do the whole wine thing, water and the wine thing. I'm going to tell you right now, Mary didn't know who Jesus, who her son was at that moment. She just knew that, hey, he's got something going on, so go see Jesus. He said, woman, <laughs> I don't talk to my mother that way, but woman, woman, are you trying to involve me now? But then what did he do? He said, go fill those jars with water. And he turned the water into the wine. We cannot be who we've been called to be if we refuse to love first. We cannot be a congregation or the body of Christ if we do not love first. I believe what's being said here is this, guys, you cannot exist as a church that does all the right thing without love. You're not church then. You're not my body. You're just a really cool organization that happened to the sticky note my name to it. I want you to be my body. I want you to love first. How can I love first? I don't, I, I don't even, I struggle with love and I've had nobody love me and blah, 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 blah. Your Father loves you. And we love because He first, what? Loved us. So those here today at White Hill, I'm just challenging you as part of the body of believers. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know love. If you know Jesus, you know love, and the expectation is that you what? Love. Love the Father. Love those around you. You say, you've really been harping on this love thing for the last several weeks. I promise you, I've been in three different books of the Bible and I keep running into the same thing. What is it? Love. Love. We are called love. How am I supposed to love? I don't even know how to do this. Well, why don't you just stop for a moment and remember what the Lord is doing in you. How many here, if you just took one moment, could raise your hand and say, oh man, the Lord... I don't know why he even messed with me. But look what the Lord is doing. Come on. All right, one more. How many can sit here and say, I don't even know what in the world he sees in me? (laughs) What does he see in me? Well, I'm just glad he's God and I'm not. Right? We can't even see it in ourselves. The Lord sees in us and he loves us. We love because He first loved us. We are called to bear His love to those around us. You have this in your favor, he said to the church in Ephesus in verse 6. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Oh, there's a lot of theories on what this Nicolaitan was, but I will uh, kind of boil it down to this. It had, whether morally or immorally or whatever, it had everything to do with ritual. It had everything to do with the ritual. If you just do this, you're good to go. If you just do this, you're good to go. If you just do this thing, you're good to go. If you just do that thing, you're good to go. No, you know what is transforming? When you're in a love relationship with Jesus. That's it. I hope every second, if you're not in a love relationship with Jesus, you're in trouble. I'm not telling, we're not talking the same thing as romance and everything else, with your wife. This is where we separated. This is love where we say, I owe it all to him. And I want to be with him. And do you know if you said, but I don't know how? It says, repent. What's re- repent mean? It says, take another mind, take his mind. You know what you start declaring? I may not be where I, w- I, I want to be today, but praise be to God, he's taking me there. Do you know just starting right there? Pulls you in. Draws you in. Jesus says, Look, number one thing as a body of believers is to love. Love one another. Love the Father. Love one another, therefore then love one another. Because what's the I mean, what sums up four hundred commandments in the Old Testament? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your as yourself. There you go. There you go. That just summed up the whole Old Testament commands. So that's what we're called to first and foremost. Next Saturday, there's, I don't know, several dozen of us are going to be going out and just sh- distributing the gospel throughout Stuart's Draft. We have 1,800 homes to hit. Oh, come on. 1,800 homes that are at least going to... are going to hear the name Jesus or read the name Jesus somewhere. Amen? Amen. And you say, oh, but that's not how I do things. I don't do things that way either. But Jesus is bigger than me. Right? So next Saturday, there's a group of us going out. We're going to basically thank the Lord for every opportunity we have. We're going to and take bags, you know, these little bags with some letters that people in the congregation here have written, uh, DVD of the Jesus film, just about the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus, uh, gospel of Christ. And uh, just a few, a, a few notes regarding uh, what it is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ and encouraging people to be. And we're just going to take it, tape it to the base of the mailbox. You' we'll move on. Now, if the opportunity arises, someone's standing out there. Guess what? We're going to pray with them. If that, if that opens up. And we're going to thank the Lord for what you are going to do. As I told you guys two weeks ago, I know some of you... It's funny, I've talked with several pastors who are involved in this. And we're all realizing, the moment we said home to home, everybody th- immediately went where? Which nobody once ever said we were going door to door. We just said we were going to blanket the go- the, every home in Stuart's Draft with the gospel. But we thought, isn't that interesting? Because immediately... Not just here, churches across the county. The moment they heard house to house or home to home, they shut down everything else and stopped listening. Why is that? How many of you came up with at least six or seven reasons why you don't do it that way? I did. I was asked five, four times by different pastors to be a part of this, and I didn't at first. Then I was sitting doing reading my devotions, and the Lord said, "You need to do this." What? This isn't my style. Come on, how many know Jesus? Don't have a style. There are one thousand eight hundred houses that we're gonna just somehow Jesus is going to be read about or maybe even shared about, who knows, next Saturday. And that goes along with the other 72,000 houses that are going to be in Augusta County. That's not an inflated number. There are 33 churches going to be doing this Saturday. All I care is this. And they say, hey, what's that? And we say, hey, just want to love you, pray for you, and tell you about Jesus. That love is the primary thing. That's it. I want love to be the problem, not protecting myself from, oh, am I doing, is this going to bother somebody? Is this, I don't want to bother people. No. I just want to love people. So I'm not going to get in people's faces. I might not even see people. People may not even be out at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. They're either down at the lake already or they're still in bed. But, Lord, whoever I run into, I just want to love them. So let me say this. What we do next Saturday is no different than what you're going to do tomorrow when you go to work. No, not tomorrow. It's Labor Day, I know. But when you go to work on Tuesday. No different that you love those people around you, right? Come on. Who wants to love the people around them? Oh, boy, I have lost you guys today. Who wants to love the people around them? Yeah, man. Love them. Love them. Why is that? Because he first... Why? He first loved us. So, Lord, I just want to love people. I do. I want to love people with my mouth. I want to love people with my actions. I want to love. I don't want to go up on people's porches and mess around with stuff and get all people all worked up. Why would I do that? They're going to shut me down. I'm not going to do that. I just want to love people right where they are. And that's what I'm challenging us today. What did Jesus say the priority as a body of believers is? That we what? Now you say, "What's well, so simple. Why do you keep preaching on it? Because we still haven't fully gotten it yet. Right? Right? Now I'm totally going to mess with you today. You ready? Who's ready to be messed with? About seven people. The rest of them are like nestling down in their pew. We're going to do something that we don't often do. Can we open the back doors, please, there? This is how we're going to finish service today. Every one of us, I'd like you to go into the Family Life Center. I want us to circle around the Family Life Center. We have almost 2,000 pieces of material, sets of material in there. I want us together to just pray and thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit going before it. I want to thank the Lord for those that are going out praying over those. I want to thank the Lord for the hearts of those that we might get a chance to talk to. But if nothing else, I want to thank the Lord for opening the hearts of those that will come home or wake up and find this little bag and open it up and at least read something or see something or hear something that begins a change in their lives. Amen? And then what we're going to do is I'm going to ask everyone of you to don't leave. We need your help. This is how you can be involved. we got bags back there, 2,000 bags to stuff. And if everybody here today would stuff about 20 bags, we'll have this done pretty quick. So what I'm going to ask you to do is we just, this is, the, this is where we're going to conclude our services in the Family Life Center. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you want to gather your belongings, go ahead, head right on back to the Family Life Center. We're set up back there waiting for you, okay?